for me, when I run into obstacles, I don't try to shrink myself to the obstacle. I'm not going to call you and be chasing down 400 bucks because if I'm chasing down 400 bucks, I'm neglecting the potential skills of giving me 400,000 bucks. I'd rather learn how to make $400,000 and try to get 400 bucks. Tweet Talk episode 99. We on the Tweet dope. What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Yes. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Episode Joey Bosa, the first Joey Bosa. Also, episode Warren Sapp. Also, it's lit. Yeah. Keep two nines on me like Warren sat from the box, like Fabulous said. So, episode 99, this is Tweet Talk, the Black Well Podcast with your hosts, Raphael Husbands, that is me, and Charles Oglesby, the third JD, aka Todd Mayden, big Sadie JD. You can follow us on Twitter, follow the podcast at Tweet Talk Pod, that's P-O-D. Follow my partner Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion, because there's some phonies out there. I follow myself, yeah. Raphael, on Twitter at Work Money Life, and we here to dissect tweets and discuss building black wealth. Charles, a lot has happened over the past weekend or so. You've been busy. Yeah, man, I got the freshest haircut in the history of haircuts. <laughs> it's looking real fly right now. I woke up and I was like, man, I want to make sure I'm fly. I'm not just trying to be up in Atlanta like with a two-day-old haircut. I need a haircut the day of the event and the day before the event, not two days before the event because I flew in on a Thursday. So I flew on very, thir- very early Thursday morning. The event was Saturday. I was like, man, I'm not getting a haircut on Wednesday for an event on Saturday. I'm not going to look as fresh as I could potentially be. I need to look fresh at all times. So I hit up Andre. I was like, Andre, I need a, who's a barber? He shot me a, the name of a barber. Very professional barber shop. Great haircut. I got the hair washed. I got the beard washed. I got, it was just nice. Very good haircut. So, you know, got the freshest haircut in the history of the planet. Outside too. of that, man, you know, just got back from my, sec, my, my favorite city. I'm not even going to say my second favorite city. It's my first favorite city because California sucks. And so Atlanta takes the place of that. Um, and it was a really cool, cool weekend. I enjoyed myself, met some really cool, cool people and spoke life into people, man. Like for me, I share my story, but I only share it to inspire. And so I talked to a lot of really cool people and the whole conversation is just like, all right, now what can you do to get there? That was the whole, com- I'm not I'm not over here trying to talk about me. I'm gonna talk about me for the 45 minutes that is allotted to me. But everything after that is how can we apply what I know to your success. And what was really cool is we had a VIP group. And so for the VIP group, we had a VIP breakfast. We had a VIP, uh, what, was it, what was it called? It was a dinner and you're just connecting. So the same folks that I had the conversation with on Saturday at the breakfast, and then again on Saturday after the event are people that I had already seen on Friday. And this is why I tell people that you have to invest in the VIP. It's worth it. If you want consulting, if you want mentoring, if you want help, all the stuff people slide to the DMs for, invest in it. You want people want big bread, but they don't want to invest big bread. You got to invest big bread to get big bread. That's true, not just in the stock market or in just in real estate. That's true in general across the board. If you want to have access, I got an email from ET. He's like, hey, if you want a one-on-one console with me, since you're already VIP, it's another thousand dollars. He's like, I never do this. Another thousand dollars. I was like, man, a thousand dollars to have a conversation with Eric Thomas. What would that do for my business? I guarantee you it'd make me a lot more than a thousand dollars. It would change my life. And then, you know, 
Um, Alex, good energy. He connected with Eric Thomas. That dude makes $800,000 a month. That's nuts. 800 grand a month. What do you do with that kind of money? So man, I'm blessed. It was a fun trip. Thought their first class, which makes everything way more leisurely. You know, rented the Range Rover, makes everything way more leisurely. Got the room, really chilled, had a good time. These days, when, when you do what you're supposed to do, when you travel, once you get there, traveling is way different. It's less stressful. It's more carefree. You have less tolerance for nonsense. I'm not waiting here lines. I'm not doing any of that stuff. But when you travel, when it's a little tight, that trip be a little tight. You'll be you over here like, oh, can we do the zip line or can we do the canoe? Can I order the steak or can I order the lobster? Like, nah, we, we live in this is vacation. So let's let's order it all. Yeah, man. I got so much to talk about in terms of that. But I'm going to kick yeah, it no. back to you, bro. So what Charles is talking about is he just came back from the Classic Climb Tour, a.k.a. Rebooting Your Business uh, Across America Tour, put on by Erica Williams. And Charles was a speaker along with uh, Andre Hatchet, Erica Williams, Tim Jackson, and DJ, the money coach, also uh, Money Madu. Big things. They look good from what I saw. I will be in D.C. this weekend for the second stop. Looking forward to it. And what do you say is really the biggest benefit from doing conferences, period? Doing them or going to them? Oh, going to them, actually. Like, not even... So, you know what? Let's do both. Speaking at them yeah. and also going to them. Yeah, because it, it's different, but it's both beneficial. Um, I would say that going to them expands your mind. And if you go at the right level, you're going to meet a lot of really dope people. So you have to, I'm reading a book right now. It says you have to be intentional about your learning. You can't just say like, oh, you know, like when you're younger and you just like grow because you went to sleep. Like people tend to think <laughs> like as they get older that they're just going to grow and improve because they just like get older. And no, it's a lot of folks out here who are older, but they're still dumb. They haven't really accomplished anything. And so a part of going to conferences is, is improving your mindset on purpose. I told I told somebody like the reason why I did the video content is because I went to the circle of CEOs and he said, get some video content. He said, hire somebody for this much, get the, get pictures of you getting out of cars, talking, showing your lifestyle, dropping gyms, and that's going to add value to your brand. And that's what I did. And so I'm not like, I don't, I don't get that gym unless I go to the conference. Yeah, it's one thing to see it. People can see Neo doing these things, but Neo actually laid out the blueprint for doing these things. And honestly, like I've been seeing the feedback that I've been getting from just like different blog posts or different vlog, be like Victor log posts that I've been posting or different like videos I've been posting. And it's way different. Like people like Hood Estates are commenting on it, Beyond Wins commenting on it, like super successful people, Urban Ventures, Urban, uh, a lot of really dope people are commenting on my, on my like lifestyle stuff. And I think that's cool. It's like, I don't want to travel anywhere without capturing that lifestyle content. It's just a waste of a trip if I'm not going to do it. On the other hand, speaking at a conference, if you don't go VIP speaking, I would say it's like speaking at a conference and then you have VIP at a conference and then you have everything else. When you speak at a conference, you're automatically VIP. You're at all the VIP dinners, all the VIP breakfast. You're networking with the speakers. You're VIP by default. You literally are VIP. You are very important. You come and go as you please. I like like you like are like a celebrity borderline. <laughs> And so like for me, I show up to the event. People want to talk to you. People want to speak to you. You're somebody that they want to get to know. And, and so networking goes both ways. And then also it's just the cool things that happen outside of the event. So when you speak at a conference, now you're going to the after dinner events. Now you're going to the, the sidebar meetings. Now you're doing all these different things that encompass. So for example, when we were in Arkansas, we were in Arkansas. We got there early to check out the venue. We went to Ruth Chris. After we went to Ruth Chris, we went back 
back to our rooms. And then I think we went to like a bar or something. But this whole time, you're just networking and talking to dope people. Like the reason why I know JT Money is because I was speaking on the panel. The reason why I have all the connections with like Henry and all those guys speaking on the panel. And so then we do the event on the next day. And then after the event, it's another dinner. We go out, we have this cool dinner and then we go to like a little lounge loft afterwards. And so the networking happens outside of the event as well. The the promotion of yourself, the dropping gems, the getting gems, that happens on top of the things that encompass the event. And so to a certain extent, I'm kind of sad that for Ashley Ann, I'm not speaking. I'm not a speaker, but I'm becoming a speaker because I feel like I have things to say now. I've always kind of had things to say, but it wasn't practical until now. I had a vision for where I wanted to be. Now I can tell you what that vision produced. And so it's a different conversation. Now I'm a person of authority. And so I wish I could be speaking at the Ashley Ann event, but I'm VIP. So I'm trying to slide in everything. I'm trying to be at all the breakfasts, all the dinners. We out there, even when I was social proof, I went social proof VIP and I didn't get a chance to go to the dinner afterwards, but I got a chance to connect with Donnie Wiggins personally on, on Instagram live because I paid for the VIP and it was like 500 bucks and it was like a regular, she was like a hundred bucks. Interestingly enough, I waste a lot of money sometimes. I bought two tickets. I didn't buy the VIP until like the very last minute. So I bought a general admission ticket. And then as it got close to the event, I was like, damn, I should just get the VIP. And so I paid the 500 for the VIP, but I lost a hundred bucks for the ticket that I just bought randomly. But I figure, you know, merge it in. It's like 600 bucks for the ticket, whatever. But the, the information was invaluable. The connection is invaluable. I have a direct line to Donnie now. Like, come on, man, that's worth a lot of money. <laughs> I paid 600 bucks to have a direct line to Donnie Wiggins. Would you do that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Makes sense. I would do that. Six-figure coach. Yeah. You know, probably made more than six figures, actually. 100%. And six figures is very broad. Six figures can be 100K. Six figures can be 700K. Now, as you were talking earlier, it, something hit me. Like a lot of times people say, including people that put on these conferences, they say what's more important than trying to than seeing the speakers and hearing the speakers and trying to connect the speakers is connecting with the people in the audience. Like yeah. that's where you get the real benefit from. And especially if you're you pay for the VIP, because the VIP are like the cream of the crop or the cream of the crop. And they pay extra money. And so they're really serious. But one thing I realized too is um also when you pay for the VIP, you get you get you get to do both. You get to you get to um, network with the people next to you, but you also get to network with the speakers. Because, like for instance, I got the VIP ticket for the Classy Time tour, and that includes the VIP dinner with the speakers, and also the breakfast with the speakers. So you get you get the best of both worlds. You can go VIP, man. So you, yeah, you gotta shout that money man, if you got it, man, or if you don't got That's it. Right. The hack is to see it as an investment, not as an expense. And so a lot of people will say like, "Oh, it costs five hundred bucks." Like, no, you invested five hundred bucks. Return. You don't you don't make money in options if you don't invest money. You don't make money in stocks if you don't invest money. You don't make money in real estate if you don't invest money. You don't make money in vending machines if you don't invest money. You don't make money in trucking if you don't invest money. You don't make money in general if you do not invest money. Right. I mean, you can't get a return if you don't put something else. <laughs> you gotta put something in that will return. That's where the word comes from. So you gotta plant right. the seed. You gotta plant the seed to get the fruit, man. It's kind of like Mr. Organic said. Thanks for putting me on to him though. He always said SDRF uh, from the seed. I mean SRTF from the seed to the root to the tree to the fruit man you gotta plant the seeds and you gotta plant the more seed you plant the more fruit you fruit you get man organic ooze alert.com <laughs> he's a wild boy he's he definitely a, a wild but he be living man you see his car collection you know what's funny is 
I feel like seeing somebody have a car collection like that makes me want to have a car collection. Like I was pulling into the house. I was like, I really got two cars. That's kind of crazy. Like I never would have thought I'd have multiple vehicles. And Mm. I'm over here trying to customize my Tesla. Like he's been customizing all his cars. I got my windows tinted. I got some tint. I got some, uh, some stickers for my windows. So you can see all my social media on my stickers on my windows now. So I'm advertising and marketing that I'm about to get a wrap. I was talking to him about the wrap. It's like 2,800 bucks. Like that's not that much. 2,800 to do like some cool graphics. Like it's all going to be branding organ related. Again, it's an investment. It doesn't cost 2,800 bucks. It's going to make me whatever I put into the vehicle back. And then I was like, I got business credit. I could put it on business credit if I want to. It's a business expense. I was like, I was like, it'd be crazy if I leased space on my car to Tide Capital. So Tide Capital is paying me like 500 bucks a month just to like rent space for my car. And I use it to pay the car. note. wouldn't that be crazy? That's some wealthy stuff right there, man. Yeah, I should be called the wealthy guy. (laughs) Some big boy stuff. Definitely a hack. Set it up right. Paying yourself, paying yourself right. Next level stuff. Yeah. So I saw that, man. I saw you put it on this, the the window decal on the car, on the uh, the Tesla. And you had a tweet. You said simply, I am the brand. What made you, I mean, it's kind of a silly question, but what made you put the stickers on the the window, man? You just, I don't know how much you paid for it. Mm -hmm. All right. That is not even next. That's not even important, but it's not a cheap car. What Um, made you put? You know, man. So the I am the, I am the brand thing came from my, my membership in the morning meetup. And that's one of the things that uh, Jose, which is a black guy with a Spanish name, he's a branding expert and he was going by that. And you, it, these these things benefit, man. I was, man, so you got to you gotta always be in a state of learning and investing. So I invest in the morning meetup. I make the meetings sometimes, sometimes I don't. And I was on the meetup and Jose came on with like a shirt and tie and like an Afro. He looked completely out of place because normally he has on a, a black t-shirt with a backwards hat. And he was just explaining how people expect you to show up a certain way. And so for me, what's that certain way? It's blue suit. I got to show up in blue suit. If I'm not in blue suit, people aren't going to know me. And so that's what I implemented even this weekend. I was like, I got to be in the blue suit because I am the brand. I have to be the brand that is Thai Capital. People expect that. And what's really cool, and I was telling my wife this, is when you own your own business and you're building your own business, everything you do builds equity. So for me, if I have a vehicle, it should be building me equity. It should be promoting the brand because it's when, when you have a job, and you work a nine to five, you can be lax about a lot of different things. You can be lax about taking long lunch breaks. You can be lax about taking vacations. You can be lax about not educating yourself. But when you're an entrepreneur, it all falls on you. So everything has to be driven towards the brand, everything. And I think that is so freeing. I was thinking about how when you have a job and you make money between the hours of nine and five, you, you're never thinking about making money on Saturday, Sunday, or the evenings. When I have a, when I have a business, I literally need to be making money every second of the day. It doesn't matter if I'm on a plane. It doesn't matter if I'm having dinner. It doesn't matter if I'm speaking. I expect to be getting paid all the time. And so I take the same approach with my business. Everything, everything is business oriented. Everything. Like I literally live. I'm the brand now because the brand is everything. And also I'm seeing value in the brand. I'm seeing so much being come to fruition from the brand and it's inspiring, but it's a mindset shift, right? I was at the, I was at the football game last night and there was like dudes who were like San Francisco 49er fans. And I had a Bosa Jersey. I didn't even think about this, but I want a Bosa Jersey. I have like eight charger jerseys. I want my Bosa Jersey, but interestingly enough, the Niners have a, have Bosa also. So the Niners have Joey Bosa's brother, which is Nick Bosa. And they both were the same number. And so Niner fans had like slick comments to say like, Oh, Bosa, that's the wrong Bosa, Bosa, this Bosa, that. 
that, oh, they're the losing team. And I was like, man, y'all over here getting hyped up over another man's billion dollar company. That ain't your Ooh. company. That ain't your franchise. And you over here talking slick to a stranger. You don't know. Y'all know who I am. I could just bust back and just pull out a gun or, or you know, and I just didn't even engage. I literally did not respond because I'm just like, I'm not here for that, man. That's one thing I like about the Chargers. We've always been a classy franchise. We're not the franchise out there trying to ruffle feathers and talk crap and fight people. That's what I like about San Diego and the Chargers. But it's just interesting, like the things that you're willing to put up with when you have your own brand, the things you're willing to tolerate when you have your own brand. If I didn't have my own brand and I just had a job, maybe I might have more of a stake in defending the honor of my Chargers. But I got my own and I know I can't pass down anything Charger related. So for me, it goes to the extent of fandom. It's not my personality. It's not my identity. Some people, that's their identity because that's all they really got to really brag about. But I just feel like going all in at first, I was hesitant, but now I'm like, why not? Why not? Why not, Rafael? Why not go all in on what's paying you? We go all in on what's paying white folks. Let's go all in on what's paying you. Stickers, branding. I like I like wearing the t-shirts, man. I was thinking today, I was like, you know what? I would rather wear a shirt with a message or a shirt with my brand than somebody else's brand or even sometimes a suit because like the suit doesn't promote my brand, but this shirt does. You see me in this shirt, you're like, I'm gonna buy that shirt. That's income. You right. see me in a suit, that's not income. Right, it's just perception. It's good for perception, but that's about it. Perception is not a direct path to uh, income. Okay, I Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Top quality, unique, signature, fresh, trendy. Our shades provide significant UV light protection for eyes, and we have the best customer service around. The freshest and trendiest styles for both men and women. The finest shades to fit your style. Okiefa Shades is the premier choice for sunglasses. Visit www.okiefashades.com. That's O-K-I-Y-E-F-A Shades.com. Or on IG or Facebook at Okiefa Shades. Or on Twitter at DJ Ebrock. Yo, it's the Options Trading Workshop, presented by Tide Capital. Learn the fundamentals and advanced trading strategies that allow us the chance to earn $20,000 in side money in one year while working a job and running multiple businesses. That's right. Learn the what, the where, and the how of options trading in this exclusive webinar. To find out more details, hit us up on the link in the bio, on Instagram at Partner with Millie, or on Instagram at Todd.Capital, or just head over to gumroad.com forward slash Todd Capital. Yeah, that's interesting. You saying they they that's crazy that people are willing to literally fight over like sports. Like what? Meanwhile, the two billionaires at some point in time they're having dinner together. While you ready to go to physical blows over the, the sport, these guys at some point are rubbing elbows at a table talking about million dollar deals or billion dollar talking deals. about their boat and shit. Right? They talk. Yeah, they're arguing about who got the bigger yacht, and you want to fist fight over something a professional athlete did that they're probably going to have dinner t- together too at the end of the season. Got to get it together, man. For real. Now, let's jump into uh, a little black billionaire banter real quick. So two things. I didn't really see. I didn't really dig into this story, but I saw today that it said that Giannis... Oof, I, well, I forgot. What is his last name? From the Milwaukee Bucks, the NBA player just won the, uh, the NBA Finals. Apparently, uh, bought a minority stake in the Milwaukee Brewers, the, uh, the the Major League Baseball team. I thought that was interesting. I think he's. They said he's the first. He's the first person to be added to the ownership group since the guy, the main guy, bought the franchise. Whenever that was. Like I said, I didn't really look into the story too much. 
But I thought that was interesting. Um, it's interesting when you have a little celebrity. You need more than money sometimes. Gotta have connections. Uh, of course, the story that everybody was talking about for a while now, the obvious one, Rihanna, Rihanna Thomas. Is that her name? Fenty just became a billionaire. I mean, everybody's clapping for that. And then I saw somebody wrote a whole article talking about, it's cool that Rihanna became a billionaire, but billionaires shouldn't exist. So we really shouldn't be celebrating it. I thought that was interesting. People are weird. People say some weird stuff. Uh but- I got a comment on this because I'm not sure if you also saw the news, but Jay-Z and Beyonce entered a partnership with Tiffany, Tiffany and Co. And so they're supposed to be releasing like some sort of uh, announcement or an advertisement or something. And so they're celebrating that. And then I saw Van Lathan. He posted something. He was like, you know what? I find it kind of annoying when black billionaires make connections with hundred year old white brands. Mm-hmm. And I also was watching something on TikTok and it was talking about how the company Fenty, Rihanna owns 49 percent of it but you know who owns the other 51 percent bernard arnold the owner of lvmh and the last point before I make my actual point is the company Telfair Bags has blown up. And you know what the biggest, I guess, catalyst for that growth was? Do you know what it was? Apparently, uh, apparently Beyonce took a picture with the Telfair bag. And when Beyonce took a picture with the Telfair bag, his business blew up. My point is this. It's a lot of folks out there making themselves rich and making other communities wealthy. Uh, if you are a billionaire and it's just you, I don't think that's something to be celebrated. I think it's something to be celebrated when you become a billionaire and you create a bunch of billionaires that look like you or you create a bunch of millionaires because if Rihanna is a billionaire and she owns 49% of a company and Bernard, what do you, what does that mean? Bernard, Bernard Arnault is actually, I think currently the wealthiest person in the world. And the reason why this is important, Raphael, is because we're using our genius to make them wealthy while we get rich. We're using our genius to make them rich while we get jobs. We're not using our talent, our expertise our ingenuity to make the community rich. And that's the problem with celebrating these billionaires. Yeah, I think LeBron James might be the only person that's kind of done it okay because you put other people on. But the thing is, when you create a business that makes billions, you create a lot of black, wealthy, middle-class, established, out-of-poverty people. But when you become a billionaire off a title, you create a bunch of white jobs. When you become a billionaire off of Nike, you create a bunch of white jobs. If your money, if you're, if Michael Jordan is a billionaire, there, Raphael, and he made his billions from Nike. And you look at Nike and they're like 10% black folks. Is that a win for black people, Raphael? It's another fake celebration. And that's what frustrates me is we see it, we celebrate it, but LeBron James becoming a billionaire ain't getting your grandma out the hood. It's not. It didn't change anything. And we all celebrate it as if it's a win. And that's why even the Shikari stuff, folks over here pressed about Shikari. He's like, what about your Kari? What about your community? Why are you so focused on them and their win? Because we just want to feel good. We just want to get that that feeling like, oh, we won. We feel like we won because we won through them. We're living vicariously through celebrities. We're living vicariously through famous people. And that's a problem because I can't feed my son off of vicarious wins. I can only feed my son off of the, the actual wins that I get. Yeah. Hey, you know what, man? Now you say that, you make it using our genius to make them wealthy and ourselves rich. I never thought about it like that. I mean, it's not those words. The way you put it is interesting because it's like, that's some... um. That's that's like some Neil Armstrong type of thing, man. Like one small step for, for black folks, and a giant step for everybody else. Like, I like that. 
you know, said Neil Armstrong wealth move. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah, like you are. It is still kind of a win. There's some progress made, but then it doesn't do anything really for the gap because the gap's still just as wide or wider. Because now you move the you move both po- like go go posts. Like we take a step forward, but they take at least one step forward too, or, or maybe five to or two or one. You know, so no, it's interesting. I, I'm still happy for them. I still see it as some kind of progress, but we could do we could do better. We could definitely do better. And we, you know, we can still applaud them, but we got it's going to be up to us from pretty kind of like the bottom, so to speak, to really make the the, the big steps forward. We can't wait for them to do what we think is right. You know, they're going to do what they think is right for them. You know. We'll, we are kind of like the masses. So 10 rich black folks making major moves aren't, isn't necessarily going to save the culture, so to speak. So, you know, kudos to them. Happy to see them make moves, but it's up to us to save us. It really is. But it will be interesting if they had not only made like something pop off for a black owned company, but, you know, they could have made themselves rich at the same time. Just but take the equity in the company. They, they, don't, they don't want that to happen, man. The goal isn't... The, the interesting thing about, and it's sad, man, but I was thinking about this today. It's like 50 Cent. They said he's, he's, uh, what is he doing? He's creating like, oh, what was the tweet? Oh, it was the, um, yeah, it was the, oh, the drug dealer Marvel Universe. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he's created like multiple shows and they're all about drug dealers and it's like we have so much better stories to tell man we have so much better stories to tell but I feel like the powers that be don't want that mm-hmm. the powers that be I, so I was talking to Jeremy Johnson I got a chance to link up with him which is really cool and what's interesting is like we always think that we, we so people blame slavery people like Tone Talks and Yvette they come on here and say we are in our condition because of slavery and then you look at what slaves actually built you know now slaves was killing them <laughs> it's y'all and words over here not doing nothing it got worse over time not because of slavery but then you look at black wall street and black wall street was a community that was built by hate it literally existed because people didn't want them around them and so they had to change the laws and let black folks in because even if you burn it down so let's say there's a black only barbershop and there's a white only barbershop and the white folks burn down the black barbershop what am i gonna do i need a haircut i gotta go back to my barber he gotta cut my hair man it's it's i have no no other choice and so what white folks realize is that it's not like you can't just burn it down you got to integrate it that's how you burn it down mm. and so the thing is is a derivative aspect of us giving away our businesses is now you have to go to them to get the jobs but what's worse is then they don't give you the jobs and so then you got to resort to crime and then you got to start doing drug dealing stuff and so i realized like all this stuff was kind of orchestrated but at a high level so folks aren't better than you they're just out thinking you they are out cre- creating you that's the only way that they can beat you because they aren't more they aren't more intelligent than you. They they aren't they aren't harder working you. They're not bigger, stronger, faster. They have to outthink you. Honestly, I think a big part of the reason why they shifted on this head, I was also thinking about how like post-slavery, like white folks didn't have no skills. They literally didn't even right. have the ability to plant, to sew clothing, to do anything. Only thing they can do is manage or own because they don't got no skills. If they had to actually go out there and live off of their skills, they'd be struggling. They have to convince you to be the labor for the folks who ain't got no skills. Yeah, that's that is interesting. Once they once they ended slavery, realized like they didn't have skills. We were the mechanics, we were the, the blacksmiths, we were the cooks, the bakers, the gardeners, we were everything because they made us do all the work and they had to bring us back in the fold somehow because they literally couldn't take care of themselves. But 
Maybe that's a conversation for another day. Well, maybe it's for today. I don't know. But so, you know, are you saying they outthinking us? And I, I saw there was a tweet on the Tweet Talk podcast Twitter account at Tweet Talk Pod, P-O-D. And, you know, these other folks are out there stacking cash while y'all out there stacking crates. <laughs> but y'all have y'all fun, though. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand what is this crate challenge thing, man. Y'all crazy. Y'all wasting time with this shit and putting your lives at risk, literally. Man. Cut that out. Cut that out. I was like, I guess again, a little cash. Like, is that cash worth it? Even if you win, what you gonna do with that? Go spend it on what? Come on, man. Stop with the stacking the crates, people. I'm probably wasting my breath because most of the people that listen to this wouldn't do that nonsense anyway. So moving on. It's uh it's interesting. When I when I saw the the tweet, I was like, "That's it's interesting." Because I knew usually that's my stance. Usually I'm the person popping up saying that stuff. But it's just interesting the craze that it's on. But you know what's worse It's like, yeah, they're wasting their time. But it's sad that folks will see somebody fall down and laugh, mm-hmm. and they think it's hilarious that somebody hurt themselves that they fell down. And I think that that is indicative of the culture. People are waiting for you to fall. People are celebrating the fact that you fall. People find amusement in your falling. And what's worse, I posted the one with the dude kicked down the crate like he kicked him down and they still laughed there's a that is the reason why the community is in the state that it's in because we have more folks out here rooting for you to fail and relishing in the fact that you failed and doing things to help you and those are the same folks who who will also show up and want to protest talking about he ain't even do shit Mm -hmm. why did you help him win you're you're, i I feel like and i say say this a lot like folks don't really care about black men they just want to punish white men they just want to dog another person out miserable like hurt people hurt people miserable people want other people to be miserable it doesn't matter who you are like your goal isn't to right a wrong because if your goal is to right a wrong you would have gave them a loan for your business it's like you posted like folks will wear your rip shirt but before they wear your brand they don't they don't really really want you to win they just want to hurt people who may have hurt you and that's what's sad and that's what i see when i look at them like man this is this is ridiculous like at first i saw it and i, I was like man this is stupid why would you guys be doing this and you got snoop dog posting it boosie posting it and i was like y'all just wasting your time and i don't even want to watch this because it's ridiculous it adds no value to our community. It's just ignorant stuff, which is what happens. You have a liberal president. You got a bunch of ignorant stuff instead of people focused on building. And then, um, but what, you know what's interesting is I can make that statement. I can say liberals have you doing ignorant shit. And I can say when a conservative is in office, we are progressive and we're building. But somebody will say like, oh, you're a conservative, you're racist. Like, huh? Like, let's take the labels off and just call it what it is. Either you're for the bullshit and the handouts or you're for the hard work and the accountability. Let's take the labels off and let's just like look at what the principles are. Are you walking on crates or are you stacking money to invest and buy assets? Let's take the labels off. Let's not even call it conservative liberal. Nah, just principle, principle, principle. So from from my stance, I take a lot from all that. The la- And what also is like people out here videotaping the fail too. Like it wasn't just like the phone that you see this out that usually the video that you see that's posted isn't the only video out. Everybody's recording that stuff. Everybody's recording you failing. Yeah. So for me, I just, I just think it's just an example of the failings of the black community and y'all if y'all want to change we could change for the last four years i didn't have to say this stuff y'all got it but now we'll be back to me being the eyeball me being the person with standards me being the person that wants us to do better but y'all want to walk on some milk crates or whatever the next craze is yeah i thought it was crazy like the last one i saw was like what i noticed was like yeah i was like damn look how many people are around this around them with their phones out like it was crazy that at least 20 people out there with their phones on it's like man this is out of hand and I'm thinking about it now. It's like these people walk on these these milk crates, and it's like something they're doing it for money. 
I guess. It took me a while to realize what the hell we are doing it for, but there was one girl that saw him bought Boyce Watkins um, IG. She actually made it across and got some money and said, okay. But to me, thinking about it now, that is indicative of a lot of stuff that, that is going on in the black community as far as like getting money goes, like literally getting money. Like people thinking that they got to be a professional athlete or a drug dealer, especially a drug dealer. Like you're taking penitentiary chances that they say to get some money. You're putting your life on the line for some money. And the problem is like walking on these crates for money, selling drugs for money. Either way, it's like playing the lottery. The chances of you winning are pretty slim. Yeah. And you're putting your life on the line. Literally, like these people could break their neck. That's another thing I saw. I saw a lady land on her whole neck. I was like, that's crazy. For a couple but of that, dollars. But, but that's why they want you to feel like you have no way out. When you feel like you have no way out, you do dumbass shit. And that's why podcasts like this are important. And podcasts like the Ogles being Scotch are important because we're over here telling y'all like, bro, buy some damn vending machines, buy a mobile home. Don't be out there walking up some crates, man. Folks who know they can make money with their minds aren't walking on crates and breaking their neck. Dang, Moving on. Y'all have fun though. So we mentioned it earlier briefly, but I want to bring it back to now. We're going to talk now about the Todd Capital Trucking Chronicles. Chronicles, Chronicles, Chronicles. So. <laughs> you said Chronicles, 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 Chronicles. <laughs> so apparently the truck went out on its first trip and you didn't even realize that. And, and also let's talk about the whole trucking thing, but also the fact that you set up, you set up Todd Capital where you, the truck went out and you didn't even know until like two days later. Shout out to life, man. Every business should function like that, man. Because if I got to be in the mix, think about it. If I had to book the load and do all that, where, where do I find the time to do that? I'm in a different state, running between different events. I got the time to be doing that stuff. And that's why I told people I'd rather have a low margin business than a high margin job. A very mm. famous person once said, it might've been Dale Carnegie or some dude with the last name of Carnegie, Andrew Carnegie or something. He was like, I'd rather make a dollar off of a hundred people's effort than make a hundred dollars off of my own effort. And that's where I'm at right now. And so the truck is lit. I don't, apparently I can't track it right now because my neither of my trackers are working, but the truck went out on the 21st, which is two days ago, which means I should be getting a check of some sort. And when I get that check, I'm going to do something very ignorant, like buy some Ace of Spades champagne because it's been a long ride, man. It's been a long ride. Man, you got to celebrate your success. You got to. I've had this truck since November. We're in August. It's been nine months, nine very long months. And we finally got the truck on the road. We sent it out to Arkansas. Had to fix a bunch of things, had to fix the tires, had to fix the alignment, had to buy this, buy that. It's been a lot of money going out into this truck. But I tell people that it's to get the proof of concept because the goal is to scale, not Erica Williams scale, not 11 truck scale, but maybe like two, three truck scale. You know, that's what I'm talking about. We do two, three trucks. But with the truck on the road, we should be bringing in like two to three thousand dollars a month passive after all the expenses are paid. Truck drivers paid. Insurance is paid. Maintenance is set aside about two grand, three grand. That's a lot of money, man. That'll pay for a Porsche. That'll pay mm. for, I don't know, whatever we decide to do. We got to just live in life and spending recklessly. So yeah, we got it, man. I'm happy we did it. But I think the gym, it's sometimes you just got to stick with stuff. A lot of folks are like, yeah, get my truck on the road next week. It's lit. Yeah, I started trading options and I got rich next week. Yeah, it's lit. Yeah, I did real estate investing at rich next week. And it, it ain't no next week stuff. It's a lot more broke folks than social media would like to say. It's a lot of folks out there 
they're struggling, then social media would actually show you. Everybody on social media does $200 dates. Everybody lives the life of them of their dreams. But in real life, it's folks out here getting by. And you want to know how I know? Because they'd be cussing me out over $100. They'd be in my DMs, all up in my tweets, talking about I ain't shit because I didn't pay him $100. If you was really, I lost $400. Not even, I didn't even stress out about it. I was like, I, I, don't, I don't got time to be thinking about that shit. I was happy he didn't take more, but I'm not like, I'm not going like the, uh, the amount of money that you stress out over shows me the amount of money that you're used to making. Now, mind you, I did get a phone call from my storage place and they were saying they're going to charge me late fees on the storage because my my debit card had expired. And I was like, I'm not paying no late fees on money that's already there. <laughs> and so that's different. Whatever those late fees are, I'm not paying those late fees because the money's there. That doesn't make any sense for me to pay an additional fee. And they've been, they've been hiking up the fees like crazy. When we first got that storage unit, it was like $130 a month. And now it's like $170. And they don't even tell you they're going to raise the price. They just raise it on you. Mm. They just be like, oh yeah, now it's, it's 170 now, a whole $40 difference. Surprised, <laughs> but that's how storage units do these days. And so, yeah, that's what I would say in response to that tweet. You know, before we move on for this tweet, I think there's a lot, there's a lot in this. Um, how long ago did, first of all, how long ago did you buy the truck? In November, nine months ago, man, nine months ago. Nine months. I don't want to remember the pain. It hurts. We're just sitting there collecting dust and being a sinkhole. If I imagine if I had a truck note, Raphael, imagine if I had to pay 1500 bucks for every single month that I had it. 1500 times nine is $13,500. That's crazy. That's a lot of money. A lot of people would have, a lot of people would have given up by now, even, even if they had bought a cash and weren't carrying enough. A lot of folks have given up. I've been hearing about a lot of people going out of the trucking business. Mm. But another thing too, you, you kind of mentioned it. It, but I wanted to go through. I'm glad you reminded me because I wanted to go to this story in connection with this. You mentioned the four hundred dollars that you lost. We got. I think we should go into that story a little bit too. So somebody, again. the four hundred dollars that you lost that you mentioned. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So apparently, so maybe what? What was this? Like a year ago, two two years ago, somebody hacked your um your your PayPal account. It wasn't. It wasn't that long ago. It was like a month ago. Oh, I'm thinking the wrong story then. I, oh, you know, you know what? I'm getting confused with. I'm getting. You gotta tell me about what happened with the four. But I'm getting confused with. Um, maybe like a year or two ago, somebody did a chargeback through Gumroad, and you would download. Oh, two thousand. Two different stories, man. That's two different stories. Right, right, right. You would download what two thousand with that, right? Something like that. You had to hustle to get that back. That's when you really became a beast. Um, yeah. on Gumroad, no. I, I would say around that time, yeah. Hold on one second, man. I gotta take this call. Mm-hmm. I gotta stop running to black folks, man. That's frustrating, man. What's going on? No, the, the rental car now is issue. Well, issue? yeah, exactly, hun. Apparently, his dad, the person who picks up my car. It's saying the car doesn't drive like it used to drive. And so I'm like, well, that can mean a lot of different things. One of the things I'm always looking at is making sure that they put 91 gas in the tank because mm. you can't put non-91 gas in that in that tank. You just can't. But I feel like sometimes people try to do that. So the only downside of uh, doing it how I'm doing it is the certain details can't be covered. The upside is I don't got to hop in a tour in, a, in an Uber at 11 o'clock at night and go get a car <laughs> like I was doing when I first started this. I sent somebody out there who's down the street and he gets it. So, you know, it's always something to complain about. It's always something to be frustrated about, but it's, I'd rather have fixing this problems than having to get on the road. That was not fun. You know as how much it costs to get into an Uber to go that far? It costs like 60 bucks, maybe more. Mm. I paid more. You, If you pay 60 bucks to go get a Turo, that's just crazy. But what I'm doing now is I charge them 120 bucks for the delivery. A lot of people do that. They charge you 120 bucks for delivery. Why? Because you got to do a lot of different things. You got to park it. That costs money. 
You got to drive it. That costs money. You got to wash it. That costs money. Anyway, we were talking about the chargeback. Charge and I feel like that's when my mindset shifted from making money from sales as opposed to making money from my labor in real time. I went through a situation where somebody bought, this is when I was selling like high ticket courses. Somebody bought like 1600 bucks or maybe $2,000 worth of courses and um, it charged back and I didn't have no money in the account. And so it went negative. And I'm like, dang, that means I can't make my money off of Gumroad. And the crazy part about it is at this point in time in my Gumroad career, I wasn't making no money. Like money to me was like 500 bucks a week or 400 bucks a week. So I was like, dang, if they if I'm negative 2000, I can't make no money for next month. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I got hungry and I got ambitious. I started grinding. I started promoting more. I started like doing what I had to do. And in turn, I figured out how to make money through sales. And so then what I did is I used that same skill set to run it up. And so this is why I tell people when you take a loss trading, get the money back by trading, because the skills that you learn by getting the money back are going to be the skills that you use to continue to get money. The skills that I learned to get the money out of that hole are the skills that I use to become financially free. And so that's why that story is so important to me is because it took me out of the, oh, let me just go to work, make my little $200 a day and then make payments on this balance. Instead, I probably made the money back the next week. Whereas if I would have worked the job, I probably would have took me like three months to pay it off. Wherever <laughs> right, long we're taking to pay off. Because like your hours are so limited, man. And, and I don't know how to impress this upon people. Like your hours are limited. I had a, a pretty slow sales day today for a few reasons. We didn't really go that hard and I was still recovering, but I still made in one day what I would have made in a week working. So like a slow day is relative these days. And so I just, I, that story is important. The other story is also important. And this is why it's important to be in the field playing the game. It's like Lamont Woods. He says, real players play the game. We got to get him on the podcast, by the way. Yeah. But I I woke up one night at like midnight and I got a, an email from PayPal saying, your password has been changed. And I was like, I didn't change my password. And so I immediately like panicked, like, what the heck? My password got changed. Let me log in. I try to log in and I can't log into my own PayPal account because I don't know the password anymore. My own PayPal account. There's like 10 grand in this PayPal account. So I, um, what did I do? I did a whole forgot the password thing and I changed the password. I went in there. It looked like everything was safe. And I was like, all right, cool. I changed the password. I should be good. The next night I go to sleep. I wake up, same email. Your password has been changed. And this time I think I saw like four direct to debit card transactions. So what the person did is they went into my account somehow. They then added their phone number for like the two factor thing. And they also added their email to my profile so that they can like respond to the emails when the emails get sent from PayPal. And they added like a bunch of debit cards and credit cards to my credit, my, my Instagram, to my what's called profile. I was devastated. And I was like, man, it's like you feel violated almost. You're like, wow, like somebody just went in here and added all their, their information to my stuff. Like you feel violated. I did some things and I was able to like add a pin and add two factor. And I'm always monitoring it now. But they took before PayPal shut it down, they took like one, they took four $100 transactions. They probably tried to move the whole balance. They probably should have robbed me for everything I had. But I guess PayPal got hip and like, no, nah, we're not letting you do that on this new account that you just added all these cards to. And by the way, I went in and deleted all their information, deleted their email, deleted their all that stuff, their phone number, all those stupid credit cards they added to my profile, deleted all that stuff, changed the password, add all the extra factors in. But I guess since they couldn't take all the money, they just started trying to siphon it off $100 a time. And so they took a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks, a hundred bucks. I think PayPal got hip to it. And they're like, nah, am I 
my experience calling PayPal is not fun. Mm-hmm. You gotta, you can't even really like call them. You have to like call them and like, like leave your number so they'll call you back. And like, I just didn't feel like doing that stuff. Like my responsibility, I'm trying to think of like a good example, but it's kind of like those dumb jocks who like, they're not good at anything else but playing sports, but they're great at playing sports. So for me, my responsibility isn't to be calling, chasing down customer service. My goal is to get sales and promote and add value and do that stuff. And so I didn't even try to track down the money. I went on the website trying to see if there's a way for me to report it. And there wasn't like a way that you can do it. So I would have had to call them and file a report and do this and this. I was like, I'm not doing that for 400 bucks. I'd rather focus on earning kind of like when I spent the hundred bucks to go to wherever, or like I I recently spent 200 bucks to go to a a Charger 49 game that I couldn't get a refund for. And I couldn't sell the tickets. And I was like, I guess I just got to take that L unfortunately, because I'd rather focus on earning kind of like the Hartzog story, the Hartzogs, they didn't get out of debt by shrinking themselves. They didn't get a debt by trying to figure out how little they could become. They got out of debt by determining how big they can, they can become. And so for me, when I run into obstacles, I don't try to shrink myself to the obstacle. I'm not going to call you and be chasing down 400 bucks because if I'm chasing down 400 bucks, I'm neglecting the potential skills of giving me 400,000 bucks. I'd rather learn how to make $400,000 and try to get 400 bucks. So you think your sneakers look good, huh? Check this out. <laughs> Even the most exclusive sneakers once purchased look identical to everybody else's sneakers. Can I get a holla holla? So how do you take your boring regular sneakers and convert them to unique dynamic sneakers that will stand out? Yo, that answer is easy. You need to get, get, get laced with Get Laced Shoelaces. Yes, yeah, Get Laced is a lifestyle shoelace retailer dedicated to inspiring customers through a unique combination of products, creativity, and cultural understanding. We just want you to upgrade your sneakers. So get laced. Visit GetLacedLaces.com or check us out on Instagram at GetLaced.com. Underscore Upgrade your sneakers with a black-owned business that provides international shipping, wholesale, custom, and fundraising options. Upgrade them sneakers, baby. He's a genius, man. Get yours today at GetLaceLaces.com. Premium sneakers need premium laces. Pure Body Company formulates an amazing range of emollients with shea butter at its base. Pure Body Co. focuses on providing all-natural handcrafted products for all people. At shoppurebodyco.com, you'll find body butters and lip balms that are not only moisturizing, but none of our products contain preservative or even those unrecognizable chemicals. So if you're looking to keep your skin soft, visit shoppurebodyco.com. And remember to join PBC Perks to receive rewards as you shop. Recently, I was in Detroit and I tweeted something about a mask and some person with an Anon profile who I'd hired to take some pictures from me. And she actually did really, really well. I was really happy with what she did. They they decided that it was they're gonna talk crazy to me. And I I was I was really put off by the way they came at me. They they said some really crazy stuff like, oh, you always talking about you a big baller, but you mm-hmm. didn't pay my hundred, you didn't pay my hundred dollars. Like, what do they say? And then like said something like, You should be paying that, my guy. And like the way she was talking was like really condescending. And you know what I did? I was like, you know what? I completely forgot about that. Here's your hundred bucks. And by the way, you're fired. Don't ever talk to me like that again. I'm very, I'm very particular in how people talk to me now because a few reasons. I don't talk to nobody else like that. I'm not over here like my guy and you were like coming at you crazy in your comments or even in your like your posts. 
else. A dude did that today. He he was like, oh man, I, re- I respect your, your what you're putting out there. But that average shirt, he was like, I have a trademark on that. And he sent me a DM. And I sent the DM to the person that sent me the shirt. And I was like, hey man, just to FYI, somebody saying they own the trademark to your design. And then the guy posts like something inside of my Instagram comments. He was like, hey man, I sent you a DM about this thing. And so I sent him a message. I'm like, I'm not trying to get in the middle of you in this guy's situation. Um, so please take that elsewhere. And I restricted him from commenting on my posts because like, don't bring that stuff to my post, man. Like whatever you and this other person have in business, like that is what it is. But I also think it's kind of silly because I think the idea belongs to the person that markets it, not to the person that says, I got the trademark on it, but nobody even knows. I go to this page. I don't see nothing even related to that that shirt. And you're over mm-hmm. in my comments talking about like, oh, this is my shirt. Blah, blah, blah. I was like, get out of here, man. Like the idea belongs to the, to the person that executes, not to the person that trademarks it. Anyway, I say all that to say that in life and in business, a long time ago, somebody taught me a lesson like, don't be out here tripping over money. Don't trip over money, man. If somebody owes you a hundred bucks and they don't pay you, lesson learned. But you're going to lose more coming after somebody for a hundred bucks than you will shrugging it off and it's not doing business with that person again. And that's, I think, the more enlightened way to go about it. Not the way that Doe Dubes went about it. Doe Dubes is another person that ruined a relationship for a hundred dollars, Raphael. I told you, I've accidentally lost a hundred dollars. Accidentally lost two hundred dollars. Accidentally lost whatever dollars. I'm not over here cussing somebody out, coming out of character, ruining a potential. Like me and Doe Dubes, like Donna the Voice, like no ego, but like I've helped him get a lot of clients. A lot of the people that Donald has, I brought to him. Why? Because he does good business. Anybody who does good business with me will be blessed far in abundance of what they get from me. So don't play yourself over a hundred bucks, please. Especially over a misunderstanding. I pay 20 people. You pay nobody. If you want somebody how to run payroll, you run payroll. But it's a lot of folks out here with no staff, no employees over here telling me how to run my staff, my employees. And next tweet. <laughs> well, you said the people who do well sell well. I was I was on a pie uh, uh, on a mastermind and I was listening to Bruce talk and Bruce is a, a salesman. He's he, he sells things. And I had that thought. I was like, you know what? You got to be selling like Rashana Scott. She's the top because she sells well. And you look at all these businesses, they do well because they sell a lot of things. The money is in the sales. The money is in the products that you're getting off. It's not enough for Master P to have product. You got to be able to sell that product. Don't just tell me you got product and it's there. Can you sell it? Is it good? Do people want it? The product isn't the end all be all. The product that's selling is the end all be all. The book that's a, se- a best selling book is the end all be all. Not just merely saying I got product. So that's what I would say is you got to be actively focused on selling 100%. My wife is looking to start a franchise and my thought process to her is um, my thought process to her is like, well, you know what the secret is? The secret is advertise, 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 market, market, promote, promote, promote. That's the secret to building a brand. That's it. That's it. That's all you got to do. Yeah. You also said you got to make a whole lot more than $1 million to have any dollars. Yeah. That's been one of my philosophy for a long time. And the reason why is because taxes, these taxes ain't no joke. Um, it's expensive, man. And um, people think that making a million dollars makes you a millionaire. Yeah, so folks, get yourself a good CPA. We will have a link to our CPA in the show notes. Definitely look out for Marjorie McPike.
Spike, the official CPA of Talk Capital and Talk Capital Business Mastermind and Street Talk Show. Get yourself a CPA, folks. You said, produce great results and they start to lie on you. <laughs> Nas actually said that. And I feel like that was something that I've experienced. It's just funny because like, like when we're reading the whole like criticism chapter in the 10X rule, you talk about how like when you start to get really successful and start doing really cool things, people start to criticize you. People start to come out of the woodwork. People start to like start nitpicking at what you've done. And I thought it was interesting because I could relate because, and, and I've seen it not just in me, but in other people. I remember when they were trying to hate on Chris and they're like, oh, Chris, he's a scammer. He's this, he's that. And then somebody will say like, well, how is he a scammer? And they'll say, search the Ridge market, Chris Johnson Ridge market. And it was this one dude who bought a, a brand, like a pre-made brand, and it didn't work out how he wanted it to. And so he was pissed off. And so we called it a scam. And I was like, they only say that because he's successful. Even Jay Morrison, like they only come for you if you're successful. And so I thought that was interesting because like I've said before, if somebody doesn't like you, they're going to do everything that, that they can to make other people not like you, even bend the truth, even make up things. I never forget that there was somebody who he didn't like me. These people are still small, which is so crazy. I used to beef with this group on Twitter who they used to call themselves like the slander crew. And so they would come online just to like slander other people. And I thought it was the most ignorant thing. I was like, you're just here to like hate on people. Like that doesn't make any sense to me. And so we would go back and forth on that because I just don't believe in that energy. Their accounts are still small. But what I remember is he made up this story that like I proposed like three times and my wife said no. And I was like, that's crazy because I never proposed. I only proposed once. But like he made up that story to make himself feel better. And I thought that was so interesting because it's not the first time I've seen that where people will just like make up something to to embellish it and to try to bring you down. So that's why I resonated with that Nas line. That's crazy. We got nothing better to do. It Ah, uh, yes, they see people doing good things, big things, and they feel like they can't do it themselves. So their way of getting attention is taking shots at the person who's actually getting results from doing th- stuff. But well, that's just stupid. And their face still exists. They have four followers. <laughs> I just found it. They have four followers. Anyway, who? Who? The slander crew people you're talking about. Oh, yeah. See, they got for that. that's what I'm saying. <laughs> slander people, people like that never prosper, man. Literally have four followers. Anyway, you also said anyone will ride with you in the limo, but not the beat up Honda Civic with the ripped out stereo. What, what's interesting is I, I put out a tweet around that time and I was talking about how like men don't wear, marry women for sex. They marry women for something that's much deeper than sex. And what's interesting is a lot of times the woman who only wants like the, the best you and doesn't tolerate the grinding you is not a wife. I always tell people like I've known my wife since I was 19 years old and I've slept on floors. I've slept on couches. I've stayed with friends. I stayed with my parents past the time that you should be staying with your parents. I've done a lot of different things and we've always been together. But you have people who show up after you won and they're over here trying to participate in the win. And I think dudes can sense that because dudes know who dissed them when they were grinding and they don't want nothing to do with them. They might smash, but they don't want to actually commit to them. A man's going to commit to the woman who was there with them when it was when it was nothing. And so why is that important? Because I think that a lot of these women out there that are looking for men are looking for the complete package of they don't want to help you build up and you don't gain any loyalty from from that i said that marriage is about commitment it's not about a feeling you don't get married because you think this person is the one they're going to do all these things for you they make you so happy blah 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 like no you get married because this person has something on the inside and you then you commit to that person it's really difficult to walk away from somebody who was there for when you when you had nothing and still was down and on conversely it's difficult to not give the world to somebody who held 
doing you were down. And so I don't really count the cost when it comes to my wife. She gets what she wants. She gets what she should get. And I'm grinding to make sure that she can live well because there is a time when I could barely buy a coach bag and I still put my effort into buying that coach bag. There's a time when I could barely pay my car note and she was still with me. There's a time when I had a busted up car and there's a level of loyalty that comes between you and a woman when that's the connection. Like it's undying loyalty. And I think everybody deserves that. And this is why I always talk about how we have to really put our men in position to not be in that situation, but also our women need to understand that, yeah, you're doing better than him, but you're not doing better than him. So your parents put you in position to live well, but to the for the most part, you're still in the same playing field. You're still in the same plateau. You just had parents who lofted you there. So personally, you're not better off. You're just positionally better off. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. We're gonna wrap this up soon. Moving along. It's getting late. You, it is late. You said if making millions taught me anything, it would stop doing the work. I um I got an invoice right now from the pickup, and I got an invoice from the drop off. The drop off was fifty bucks. The pickup was seventy dollars approximately. The total rental was about three hundred and fifty bucks. So I'm paying somebody one hundred and twenty. I made three hundred and fifty. That means I made two hundred and thirty dollars. What did I do? Nothing. Didn't do anything. I just own the asset, and I found that I don't want to do work. And it's not because I don't want to do work. It's because working doesn't yield. Working for money does not yield you anything. It's slow money, and I learned that by making money. Because when you start making money in your sleep. When you start making money by just pushing a bunch of keys, you start to realize that like the stuff I've been doing for 34 years didn't yield the life that I, I, I uh, that I live when I started tweaking things and putting things in position. So an example of this is on my birthday, I woke up and this is the way that you work. I forgot who said it, but it's like learn to labor with your mind. So it's not about not working. It's about working differently. I work by thinking, not by hustling. So I woke up. It was my birthday. It's a Friday. We always run a Friday sale. I was like, hmm, Friday sale, 35th birthday, 35 freedom pack graphic designer $35 freedom pack let's push it VA $35 freedom pack make sure you change all the codes make sure you change the link tree make sure you get it all lined up make sure you send an email through constant contact make sure you send an email through gumroad I send those text messages I make five thousand dollars that's how I work now I don't work in that I need to be doing it all my myself creating the graphics doing things like that I do things like that in the beginning to get the business going so even with the video podcast I edited and posted the first video podcast my Myself. I won't be doing that forever. I won't. Why? Because when everything has to go through you, your money slows down. I have the podcast, the Ogilvy and Scott show where Donald the Voice does it. Episodes go out like clockwork. If it was up to me, it may or may not get done. The podcast might be dead if it's me. And so what Gumroad taught me is because Gumroad does it all yourself. When I first started in e-com, people would have to DM me to make money. People would, I'll be waiting for my DMs like, all right, cool. They DM me. Let me respond to this DM. I don't respond to DMs now. Every post says link in bio. I used to like think about it. How many people can you talk to if you have to respond to every single text message and all of their inquiries and all of their questions? You might get a customer every 10 minutes. But if I automate all of that, now I'm getting the customer every minute. Who's going to make more money? Customer with six customers per hour or 60 customers per hour? And that's the difference between doing the work. And so now, like I said, I don't have to send people my PayPal address. There's no miscommunication. There's no like, oh, I got this, but I don't got that. No, they literally go to Gumroad. Gumroad does everything for them. They got Apple Pay there. They got PayPal there. They got regular credit card transactions there. People can buy your courses with a credit card. Isn't that crazy? 
the fact that they can do that probably increases our sales anyway. It's just by the credit card. And so what I realized is because I started e-com doing all the labor and I realized like I would make money and then I'll stop making money if I had to do the work. But now I don't got to stop. I don't have to do that. I just got to promote, 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 promote. That's it. Everything else takes care of itself on the back end. Yeah, man. So forget it and just promote, promote, promote. So people go every single day, promote, promote, promote. So we're going to wrap this up, bring this to a close. Anything you want to leave the people with before we wrap it up? Um, I would just say that make sure you check us out in DC. We had a great time in Atlanta and the presentations are only going to get better. So I'm polishing up my presentation, going to be fleshing it out, adding way more value and way more information because I know what I need to add. I actually created the presentation like two hours before I went on, <laughs> but it was something I've already talked about. So I'm actually really excited for it. And the cool thing is I can now turn that into a course. So I'll probably add that to the to the book until they have a little like digital presentation and continue to beef that up. But my thing is we just out here changing lives, seeing the world. My two roles acting up. I'm about to give this dude a terrible rating. His communication sucks. Just F this dude, man. He sucks. <laughs> Nevertheless, we out. I'm taking off my headphones now. Yeah, man. By the time you hear this, this episode comes up, it's probably too late for them to be at DC. But hopefully we will see some people. I'm sure we'll see somebody that recognizes us from Tweet Talk at DC. Hope to see as many of you out there as possible. Um, be sure to, cho- to join the Patreon at patreon.com slash Tweet Talk. Join us for uh, um, exclusive content every month. And you will get an invitation to at least one live recording every month at the base level. At the highest level, which $20 a month you'll get all that plus a free t-shirt and more we'll be adding more content we'll be adding more bonuses as we go along check us out patreon.com slash tweet talk and go wrap this up please follow us on instagram at tweet talk podcast follow us follow my, my guy charles on instagram at todd billion on instagram also at todd.capital follow us of course on twitter at tweet talk pod that's pod follow myself Rafael, on twitter at Work Money Life. Follow Charles on Twitter at Real Todd Billion. For episode 99 of Week Talk, the Black Wealth Podcast with Raphael and Charles, I'd just like to leave you guys with one last tweet from Charles B. said, Own the business. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on, hold on. All right, do it. You got to do it for the gram. Let's, for episode 99 of Tweet Talk, Black Wealth Podcast with Raphael and Charles, I'd like to leave you guys with one last tweet from Charles. He says, own the business and stop doing the work. We out. Peace. Yeah. yeah. Yes, this is Donald, the voice, the official podcast editor and producer of the Tweet Talk podcast featuring, of course, Charles Oglesby and the man Raphael Husbands. And look, man, if you just listen to this episode, then you know exactly what I'm capable of. You know my swag. You know what I can do. And so without any further ado, I kind of want to give you a special offer for Tweet Talk Podcast episode listeners. And here's what it is. Head on over to DonaldTheVoice.com. And if you have podcasts or video editing needs, let's talk. And of course, I'm giving you a real, real nice deal. But you have to mention that you're a Tweet Talk podcast listener. And this offer isn't going to last forever. So if you're on social media or you have a business or you got something going on to where you need somebody to edit and produce your content, come and holla at your boy. And I promise to take care of you, our dedicated listener to the Tweet Talk podcast. Again, head over to DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page and let's have a little conversation. Okay, back to your day, your evening, your morning, whatever's going on. Peace.